Welcome back to the Fangirl Forum. I'm your host, Meredith Loftus, AKA your friendly neighborhood fangirl. Since its announcement at Comic-Con 2019, fans have been waiting for Shang-Chi's official entrance into the world of Marvel. Two years later and getting over the hump of a pandemic that we're currently still in, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings hit theaters and it did not disappoint. After a record-breaking 94 million Labor Day box office opening weekend, it's clear that audiences are clamoring over this latest edition in the MCU. But does it match the quality of the movie? We'll get into that and so much more, but as always, I'm not alone. Returning to the Fangirl Forum are not one, but two friends of the show. First, please welcome back fellow Fangirl Who's Shang-Chi review was featured in Empire. Give it up for Laura Siri Cool. Hi. Oh my God. Yeah, I'm so happy to be back on the show. I love, I love always chatting with you. And I'm really excited to chat about Shang-Chi. I am so happy you're back. And I'm so excited to uh, talk Shang-Chi with you. And of course, Tony Lung will get into that. Oh, yes. Yeah. So much of that. But also, we have returning again to the Fangirl Forum is Entertainment Tonight's Filiana Ng. Welcome back. Hi, thanks for having me back. Oh my gosh, ladies. This is so exciting. This is so great. But before we even breathe another breath about Shang-Chi, I have to say this. Spoiler, 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 spoilers for Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings and Phase 4 up until this point. Spoiler, spoiler, spoilers. I'm serious. Go see the movie if you're safe. Spoiler, spoiler, spoilers. Oh my gosh, see this movie. Spoilers. Okay. And spoilers. And spoilers. <laughs> one more spoilers. Just, All the spoilers. Just one more for good measure. Yeah, ladies. You two actually got to go see Shang-Chi at the world premiere in Los Angeles. So you've been like holding on to this movie for a while. I just got to see it this past weekend. I just kind of want to get into it. What are your overall thoughts for this movie? Did it live up to expectation? Laura, I think we have to start with you because you are on the BBC and you know, you're, you're being, you're fancy. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I figured I'm like, oh, everyone, uh, yeah, for me, I, I think we all had a collective sigh after the film as an Asian person. We were holding our breath going in and, you know, because this is like such a big deal for us, but, you know, this is the first Asian-led super, Marvel superhero film. And so, you know, going in, I'm like, please be good, please be good. And I was very happy that it was. And I was like, oh, thank God, it's good. It's entertaining. It has a lot of heart, as Tony Leung. It brought a lot of joy to, for me. I mean, there's some issues, but other than that, like overall, I I enjoyed it. I just sighed afterwards. I'm like, oh, thank God. I think Liliana heard me. I'm like, oh, like after it happened. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so it, it was, it, I overall, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I have to agree. I mean, it was an incredibly fun movie to watch and being at the premiere really added another layer of excitement and enthusiasm. And I think that really helps kind of drum up the kind of the anticipation for this movie. And yeah, I have to agree with what Laura just said. I mean, it, this is a step in the right direction for the MCU as they continue to really expand this world and become increasingly more inclusive as they continue deep into phase four. And I really love the movie. 
it isn't a perfect movie, but not, you know, it's hard to make a perfect movie. Um, and But it was still enjoyable. It was a very uh, enjoyable Marvel film that had, you know, a really tricky job of kind of serving multiple needs. You know, there's the conversation over representation, introduce, you're introducing a new hero into the universe and the world, and also kind of teeing up how Shang-Chi may fit in, potentially fit into this world overall in the larger kind of landscape of the MCU. So it was really juggling a lot of things. I think it really kind of executed it well to, for the most part. So, you know, it was a very good beginning for, you know, the start of this, this character at least. Yeah, I really enjoyed this movie. You know, I thought that this for an origin movie going into phase four, I wasn't sure how we as an audience would kind of take it because, you know, we're being introduced to new characters and we know that there's going to be set up for future movies. And here's this guy who I didn't know much about, but I really enjoyed how they did this. His introduction was fantastic. I thought narratively how they told his story that it wasn't just like, we got to have flashbacks of him and to see him truly embrace himself as a hero, as a character, his family lineage. I was just really impressed by the story elements. The action was incredible. It was hilarious in ways that I just like was not expecting. Not a perfect movie by any means. Uh, as you mentioned, Filiana, it's not easy to make a perfect movie. And I think with the MCU, we definitely have very high expectations, but I think these expectations were served well for this. And so, yeah, I, I don't have a proper ranking of it just yet, but I really, really, really enjoyed this movie. And I've already seen it twice. I'm probably going to see it again sometime soon because it was just fun to be in that world. Wait, so let's like just, just to say like how, how many times you said that you've seen it, you're going to, you've seen it twice and you're going to yes. see it a third time. I've only seen it once. Laura, how many times have you seen this movie? Like four. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> so Laura's the expert here. She's Truly. the go-to person. She knows every scene, every piece of dialogue. I, I, I feel like I memorized everything <laughs> with Tony Leung. Every scene, of course. Had, every second I knew. <laughs> you just kind of knew here. his scene was coming up. I can probably like, I feel his essence. Lines. <laughs> At this like, point, yeah. <laughs> well, let's talk about that. So I think one of the best parts of this movie is Tony Leung and his very layered villainous role as Wen Wu. He also rocks some great blazers that like I could not look away. The scene where he takes Shang-Chi with him to kill some of the gangsters, like he's wearing this like double crested mm -hmm. blazer. And I've always yeah. like, like the two times I've seen it, I've been like, whoa, that is a great blazer. But besides the blazer aspect of it, he is one of the highlights of this movie. And he joins the ranks as one of the better villains we've got out of the MCU. Like, do you, do you share in that sentiment? Like, what do you think of him? Yeah, I enjoyed him the most. And I think Filiana heard me do a, a like, oh, when and, and sat next to me when I saw him. Because, several times, several yeah, times. Yeah, several times. I, go, well, like, I was like, oh, and I turned to her. I'm like, oh, he looks so good. Like, especially the dance sequence that he did in the beginning with Shang-Chi's mom. And like, he just, he, but you know what? It's not just that he's a beautiful man. He, he's also a wonderful actor that he's able to tell his emotions through his eyes and just, his gaze 
like I could feel his pain and he doesn't even have to say a word and it he's throughout the whole film like you just felt his pain and he's not just this villain and I feel like grief is the villain that causes him to feel like this and um, the main the real obviously the real villain spoilers is a is a monster that's like causing him grief to to make him like this and it's his love for his wife and I think everyone wants this from from a man especially Tony Myung who is a man he, he yeah like he but he's able to bring this layer to this character that you know you just can't help but notice it throughout the whole film and it, and it's just unfortunate that it, it does kind of overpower the other characters even including Shang-Chi but Shang, I mean Simu did it himself himself did a great job but you just felt like the pain from this this quote-unquote villain and Tony Leung just made you sympathize and just feel you wanted to be part of his side yeah he has this gravitas I think in every that he kind of holds just him like standing you know in a scene where he doesn't have any dialogue or barely any dialogue right you just feel like ooh, you know he's someone that you don't really want to mess with and you just like feel it in his essence or whatever you want to mm-hmm. however you want to say yeah but I know Laura is a big Tony Leon fan so oh yeah <laughs> slight bias there but like credit where credit is due you know yeah, like I mean, he, he wasn't the emotional did. center of this yeah. movie in like a very profound way I mean they also knew what they were getting when they hired him because he's an icon he's Hong Kong's icon you know like you do not hire Tony Leung without his 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 credits you know like they hired him because of because of that and you know he because ha- throughout his whole film career he's been this charismatic character and person and so you can't help but feel that when he's portraying Wen Wu and he's beautiful he is actually gorgeous he is a very beautiful man gorgeous man yeah absolutely something else that I really enjoyed about this movie more spoilers this might be one of my favorite mid-credit scenes that we've had in a while for an MCU movie which preface up until this movie I've had a very antagonistic relationship to the song Hotel California and yet somehow this movie redeemed that um funny through a karaoke scene with Wong and I was like this is it this just like saved this song for me I am now singing this song in a theater great job Marvel you did it yeah anytime I get into a fight I'm just gonna sing Hotel California (laughs) Like it's to use the situation. It's such a good scene too. And it's so, it really, you mentioned kind of the humor of this movie, right? Being a really, really strong point of the film. And this, that scene just kind of encapsulated the humor of the movie into, in just kind of one, like what, one minute scene or whatever. And yeah, I mean, karaoke, that scene was amazing. It's so good. Well, it also it also reminded me of life before the pandemic, like of yes. going out to the clubs, going out drink with your friends, and at the end of the day, you go to K Town or or Little Tokyo, mm-hmm. you go to Max Karaoke, and you just rent mm-hmm. a room, yep, and, you yep. and sing the whole Stay there way. for seven hours. Yeah, you just keep going. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know if they do close, but like they, you just do they? Yeah, that's a really good question. Yeah, I don't do even they know if they close. Like it's it's amazing of 
because this is it is a cult like a way of culture of asian american i think and also asian i think asians everywhere it's karaoke's but it's also like how we do it and it's an asian culture an asian american and asian culture where we just karaoke the night away and we have mm-hmm. our private rooms and it's just normal and so watching that scene with long and them singing and even in the beginning when they were doing karaoke it just mm-hmm. reminded me of like how life is with my friends in, in my 20s and just enjoying it. That's also kind of one other thing that I, I thought the movie really did very well was that there are very specific references that the Asian community would really appreciate, you know, like the karaoke, like that scene with Shang-Chi and Katie and I think Katie's grandmother asking <laughs> when they're going to get married, even though they're just friends. I mean, that's very normal in Asian culture. And, you know, taking off, you know, your shoes in someone's house when you enter, like, just very, very, very specific small things that I think if you didn't know, if you weren't familiar with the culture, you wouldn't know to, you know, look for those things. But if you are deeply ingrained in Asian culture, you appreciate that. They included that. And it wasn't, you know, a big deal. It was just there as a part of their life. So that was another thing that I, I thought the, the movie did very, very well was that they really, you know, seamlessly incorporated very specific cultural kind of references that I think the community would really, really, you know, appreciate. Yeah, I agree. Like, I and I also, not only did they have Asian culture that, you know, they had a definite, distinct Asian and Asian American culture mm-hmm. being, being described. Yes. Like with whole, I think like the quote that like, since I watched it so much, I memorized the quote, like the mom, like uh, Katie was telling her grandma, like you need to move on. And the mom said, right. moving on is an American, American way of thinking. Mm-hmm. And it makes you realize like when Wu is Asian and Asian Asian, so he's not able to move on. And that's why it's dragged for 10, over 10 years of his life of holding on to his wife versus the Asian American way, which is Shang-Chi and, and Katie, where they're able to move on with their lives. They're able to enjoy their life. And also like Katie is basically us. Like Katie is mm-hmm. basically us where she is experienced, we're second, like a first, first second generation of being born in the ABC, American born Chinese, ABC, where we're Americanized. And we, we kind of lose touch with our cultural ties or like uh, as, you know, we live in, in America and mo- many generations here, but we're ABC where we lose a little bit of it. And she's kind of like, oh, my Chinese is not great. And it kind of reminded me of like when I speak like, like my horrible Chinese and my, my okay Thai, like it's not, we're like, I just really appreciated that we're a fish out of water kind of experience. And so, yeah. As the non-Asian here, like it makes me feel good to know that this movie really like tapped into, into your community well, that they were able to like take, you know, these important aspects of your community and like those cultural identities versus like Asian versus Asian American and to be able to have them like work in such a way that felt very like natural and honoring it to your community it sounds like it did that for you is that correct in saying 
Yeah, I, I feel like it did. Like I felt a connection to the story and it's deeper than just being a Marvel story, which is, it does beautifully. It is a Marvel story. Like it's a hundred percent a Marvel movie, but I just love the tie-ins to how it connected to us culturally. And I feel like you don't even need to be Asian to understand mm-hmm. like, the cultural aspects of seeing what's like the small details. It's just like a little nod to us, you know, like yeah in abc taking off the shoes it's just a, a slight nod that i feel like other audiences who are not non-asian audiences can appreciate still anyway totally and i mean it's these themes that are so universal that like marvel is able to do so well and connect so many different audiences of different backgrounds like we all have like family issues and we all deal with mm-hmm. loss in different ways and so yeah i think that they really highlighted that really well. And I love the way that, and I think we'll talk about this a little bit later, but I think in phase four in particular, like they're showing family dynamics in a very unique way and loss and how we like deal with that, even though like they didn't know the pandemic was going to happen. But I think it's very fascinating that all of these stories so far are like touching on that and very like that's hitting us differently than maybe like before, but they still connect to us anyways, you know, which is a highlight for sure with this movie and a win in my book. One thing I want to mention before we move on to maybe like what, you know, we didn't like about this movie or could have been approved upon. I got to give a big shout out to Ben Kingsley's return as Trevor Slattery. (laughs) He was great. MVP. The hilarious. second he showed up with Morris, I was like, I'm done. Like, this is amazing. 100%. Yeah. Hilarious. Agreed. He was the breakout star of this movie. No, Morris was. Weirdly. Morris. Well, Morris, yes. Morris, but also Ben Kingsley, because I know it's not really his movie, but he really stole some scenes for me. There, I was just, I kept thinking about, there, there were moments where like, I really should be focusing on story here because, you know, there's some really important things going on with like Shang-Chi and like he has some daddy issues he has to like deal with, like, but, you know, Ben Kingsley's here just stealing the scene. Like, I just can't help but think about that. <laughs> like, he's just killing it. Every scene he was in, he was killing it. And also Morris. I mean, Morris was adorable, even though that really confused me. <laughs> as to why I was thinking that he was so cute, even though really Morris is not all that cute. I don't know. I I kind of likened him to like a Porg. Like he was kind of like giving Porgs a run for their money, right? Meredith, am I offending you? Yes. Did I go too far? Did I go too far? Morris is cute, but he is no Porg. Yes. I went too far. I went too far. (laughs) You went too far. Meredith knows, oh, her and I, I love, love Porgs. We, we oh, love, I love our Porgs too. I love Porgs too, but I was just like, oh, huh. Morris, I'm very confused here. Morris is an adorable rotisserie chicken. He's an yes. adorable headless rotisserie chicken. Headless rotisserie chicken. <laughs> yes. No head. <laughs> no head whatsoever. No, but Ben Kingsley was great. I did enjoy him. The only thing I had the issue with is that I felt like he went on too long. That mm-hmm. I wish that some of his parts went to Michelle Yeoh. But overall, though, he was hilarious. It was a fun surprise that I wish that audiences were surprised with because I didn't want to expect him in the film because Ben Kingsley walked the red carpet, Mm -hmm. which he deserves because he is Sir Ben Kingsley and he could do whatever he wants. That's right. 
yeah. it also it also kind of spoiled it for people because you know you you want that was a great surprise you know? I do agree with that because I think like when because I was wondering why he was there and then he had said in interviews that yeah I'm like in the movie so he kind of revealed on the premiere that he was in the movie right and so I do agree with you and that I wish that that was kept at least under wraps until I know it's hard but like until after the movie came out at least but you know he was so great he was, so he was great. definitely He's a welcome addition and he honestly killed it and did every scene he was in was great so you know it's fine yeah he is Sir Ben Kingsley he could do whatever he wants yeah. whatever he wants yeah but Laura you touched on something that you know like some of his scenes maybe went on a little bit too long and so I want to continue that train what did you enjoy the least about this movie or what are you think are some areas that maybe could have been improved upon with Shang-Chi well, I feel like Shang-Chi fell into the third act problem that Marvel tends to have, where it's great. The first act is, is a good flow. The second act, it gets a little faster. And the third act gets rushed. And there, we're, we're just given so much information within close to second to the third act with the multiverse and with the, the monster. And then, then with the dragon, with the CGI and we don't, I feel like we don't get a full complete closure of Wen Wu because it's, everything's rushed. Not only is he, we're getting like him the, as the villain, but we're getting this monster as this major villain as well. And so we don't get closure for Wen Wu's story. Everyone, everyone keeps telling me, like I argue with a lot of people because a lot of people will tell me like, oh, he did get closure because he saved his son. But two scenes ago, he killed his son. He thought he killed his son with no remorse for that because he wanted to save his wife. So I, I for me, I'm like, it was rushed because like, yes, he gave the rings to his son, but you know, what else was he gonna do with the rings? But also it felt like it was just rushed to end Wen Wu's story. And I felt like that was just what we could get focus on the monster and everything. And for me, I'm, I'm just like, it fell into the rush third act problem that Marvel tends to have, like where it's like this great story. And then it's like, oh no, we're running out of time and you have to rush everything. And also, you know, we, we get Michelle Yeoh and yet it's not, she's not utilized throughout the whole film. I felt like she was underutilized. If you're gonna have Michelle Yeoh, she's gonna have to play a huge part because it's Michelle Yeoh. And I felt like a lot of the scenes that had Trevor Slatery, even though I love him, it could have gone to her with speaking roles, more more roles. And also with, I think, I think Afiliana will touch on this with Xiling, with the third act, he fell into the trope of the quiet Asian again. So I think mm -hmm. I'll let, I'll let Filiana fill on that one. But yes, that those were my corpse. And also I'm kind of tired of dragons, but you know, it was fine. Yeah, I mean, you touched on the the kind of lack of Wenwu closure. I do agree with you. I think that his death happened extremely quickly. And it really, it actually kind of reminded me of Black Widow's death a little bit. I don't know if I'm alone in thinking that, but I thought that he deserved at least one more scene. I don't know if that's just me playing into the, you know, the archetype of like, okay, let's have like one last you know, goodbye scene, you know, that we've all seen in Marvel movies or movies like this, but it just felt like, you know, because his death happened at a time where 
you know, everyone was trying to slay this dragon, you know, the village was under attack or, or you know, uh, there were other important, there were more important things going on. They had to kind of just like leave him and then kind of go off and, and, you know, save the world essentially. So like, it felt like that, like his death was a little bit of an afterthought, um, I thought. And I think that he deserved at least a little bit more of a finite, like a, a more of a, a, a a better scene, a better closing scene. I don't know what that would have looked like, honestly, but I did feel like his his death was a little bit like a little bit like Black Widow's death, where it's like, oh, he died. Okay, moving on now. <laughs> you know, it felt like that a little bit. And yeah, I, I agree. I thought, you know, Zai Ling's she was great. Like she has such an interesting backstory, right? And it felt like at times she was set dressing in some scenes, unfortunately, and her character, you know, I feel like they could have dug into her a little bit more than they did, but I understand that there's a lot, again, that they had to juggle in this movie. So maybe she just kind of fell to the sidelines, unfortunately, as a result of that. But, you know, I, there were times where I forgot she was also in the scene because she didn't have any lines, but she was like the, the scene in the car. It was like, oh yeah, she's in the car, but she wasn't speaking. And it's like, why isn't she saying anything? Wouldn't she have things to say? She seems like a very outspoken person. I don't know. Like she would maybe have something to say, right? But no, I, I would have liked to have seen like a cleaner balance in terms of, you know, Shang-Chi and Xiling at least a little bit because I felt like they were partners sort of on this mission, even though the movie is Shang-Chi's story, but I thought that she played a, she plays a pivotal role in that journey. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, again, I agree with Laura, the, the dragon trope is very tired. You know, it feels, it's very prevalent in many kind of Asian-centric kind of Hollywood movies, like period movies. Most recently, like I was talking to Laura during the premiere, like this just reminded me of Raya and the Last Dragon, which, is also had Aquafina. <laughs> and so it's just like, you know, I don't know. It would be nice to maybe move on from that. But I also understand that the imagery of the dragon is very important in the culture. So I understand. But yeah. I, f- I feel like we have, like, Chinese culture has such a rich, mm-hmm. like, we have such rich history, like, cultural, like, yes, like, fantastical beasts, you know. And I'm glad that the movie did showcase some of them including Morris, he, who is a mythical yeah. beast in a Chinese myth, mythical beast. But we have so many that could have been- Not just dragons. And not just dragons. Like, yeah, not just, not dragons. just known for dragons. There's just so many in the rich, rich yeah. beasts that we could, that could have been utilized. And that could teach people that there's more th- to right. Chinese culture than and Asian culture um, than just dragons. But we're not yeah. just one note. Yeah, just, you know, it's not just all the water dragons and things like that. Yeah, um, but it's 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 fine because you know I feel I know Marvel history with Shang Chi. He has there's dragons and stuff. So yeah. I think I think a lot of people are theorizing who the dragon is, but it's not like that character that they're wondering. Mm-hmm. For me, I echo a lot of your grievances as well. This is going to sound like a broken record, but I think the third act kind of fell apart. I feel like there was way more rich stuff there with just like with Wen Wu than we didn't really need to bring in the dragon, you know, or we didn't even 
me too much of that like monster, which by the way, my mind was going crazy. I was like, is this a deviant? It kind of looks like a deviant. Is this an Eternals (laughs) reference? Which I don't think it is, but I was doing the tinfoil hat like, oh, this is it. Because like you still could have had that mid credit scene with like the beacon with the rings and not have this monster there, you know, like it felt like there was just too much happening where, yes, we needed that breathing room for when, when Wu died. I also think that uh, Xilin, like she deserved another scene with Shang-Chi. I wanted, because their dynamic is so interesting. They're strained brother and sister. I wanted one more scene just between the two of them talking before they even had that final battle of them kind of like working together on this dragon. It felt very rush. And especially now that we know in the post credit scene that she has taken over her father's empire of the 10 rings, I needed more of her to be like, oh, she has taken this or not like this turn, quote unquote, but we could see more of the writing on the wall of right. just because she had this thing going on in Macau, it doesn't mean that like she's done with it, you know? Mm-hmm. So that was, that bothered me a bit. But yeah, like we deserved more with when we And also, yeah, we, if you have Michelle Yeoh in a movie, we should have more Michelle Yeoh. And she was doing a lot more like exposition dropping that, you know, another character could have done, but also she could have, she could have been doing so much more too. Actually, I was waiting for it to be like, surprise, your mom is still alive. And it was Michelle Yeoh the whole time. Was waiting for that. Honestly, I'm just like, it would be a crazy twist if she was somehow, like, I wasn't even thinking mom, but I was like, there has to be some sort of reveal with her character because it is Michelle Yeoh, right? And she's like, and a great get for them and so like why wouldn't you like pull you know a fast around people and like surprise and shock right so yeah. that a thought did cross my mind like oh my god that'd be nuts if like she somehow was more important than we thought but no well I was waiting for her to battle when move like yeah they had they locked like, eyes listen, and it was like oh it's gonna happen powers as her sister she could totally kick his ass so for me, I was waiting for that, but then mm-hmm. we didn't get that. And I felt like that was such a tease of having two of Asia's biggest icons and not- Can you imagine them. if they had a battle scene, like a it's fight, no even like a brief- This would no longer be a Shang-Chi film. It would be- a, it, like, No, I, I'm all for it. I can, I'm just like imagining like how nuts that would be because it would be so good. Mm-hmm. It would be so good. I wonder if there was an earlier drafting script where there maybe was some sort of, you know, fight between the two or some sort of significant showdown of some sort between yeah. the two characters. Because that would have been interesting. Oh, Meredith, just touching on the the, the sibling thing. Xylene has such an interesting story. Like, she was basically left behind to, like, fend for herself. And, like, she trained her. Like, there's just so much there that was so that they could have mined in this movie that I'm hoping in the next movie, maybe potentially if we get the second movie or in, in the future, like that they're they're going to go there. It seems like they that's the direction that maybe they will go toward potentially just because of that last post credit scene. There was so much there that I was very interested in and I was very disappointed that the movie didn't really tap into that which 
I mean, like I said, there's there's already too much going on in this movie anyway. So like they can't add another, you know, layer of character backstory, right? But I don't know. I thought that that was missing. Like she has such interesting, there's so much potential with that character. I just wish she talked more. Like when Michelle Yeoh was like, right. you've been hiding in the shadows for too long. And I'm like, okay, she's gonna say something. And she stood there quiet as she's fighting. And I'm like, you need to say something. Like even yeah. when Morris, when like she grabbed the keys, she goes, oh, I found a way out. And like, she looked at Morris and I'm like, say something. Or when she got out of the car, <laughs> Shang-Chi spoke for her. You know, mm-hmm. this is, I'm Shang-Chi. Mm-hmm. I didn't notice that. Yeah. And like, mm-hmm. and she, you know, she didn't have her voice. And the thing is, she's known for the strong, independent woman. And why didn't she say much? Why didn't she get to confront her father as well? Which leads to the post That's a good point. Yeah. Which leads to the post credits where I feel like she has daddy issues now. And that that's why she's going to be like, you know what? I'm going to take your empire because I deserve this empire. So I, and I feel like I'm hoping that they address the daddy issues that she's going to have because she didn't get closure. And that's the problem. Like, I'm like, I felt like she looked at him, the, the body, his lifeless body and like turned around and like, I, I felt like I needed something. I needed her to be like good, you know, that way I know that she's going to take over his empire or to look at him and feel like regret or something. I needed something from her. And I felt like it was just the all, and I understood why, but right. at the same time, I'm kind of like, I just wanted more from her. Agreed. It was all right there. And yeah, like just to say something after looking at, her dad's body like some kind of reaction because like yes like she definitely was connected more to like the idea of her mom potentially being alive or like having that emotional tether to to her but we needed something and she definitely was underserved but I hope that means moving forward like you said Filiana like in a sequel or what I'm pitching potentially a 10 rings like Disney plus series, you know, of her and this new empire. I hope that we get to dive in much more into her story and the layers and her character um, and her being front and center too. She was definitely a co-lead essentially like in this mission. And I also do think like Shang-Chi like Simu's character like just like kind of fade into the background in different places so like yeah I'm hoping he he has a stronger presence in his next sequel or whenever he shows up next because like Simu is so charismatic I love the guy I want him to succeed on all fronts Mm -hmm. but I want him more front and center in ways that like he in some scenes he just didn't have it and I like hated that for him well, you know, I Never. understood why, though, because he mm-hmm. was trying to stay hidden and he didn't know who he was. But mm-hmm. in the end, I wished, and it's hard. It's really hard when you have Tony Leung and Michelle Yeoh <laughs> and, and Aquafina. Yeah, as your, as Scene your stealers. Yeah, as the scene yeah, They're going to steal the scene. Yeah, and but the thing is, I felt like it worked for him because his character was hiding in the shadows, was meant to hide in the shadows. But I'm hoping because he knows who he is now and he has the power of the Ten Rings, that mm-hmm. he will be the, the the person. But the thing is, I do appreciate how he how he was as a character because I felt like I knew him. Like I know a guy just like him in San Gabriel Valley, which is the Asian populated Southern California area. 
And like, I feel like I knew a guy like him. And I, I don't know, Filiana, I feel like you would know a guy in San Francisco like him in the Asian Maybe, population. Yeah. Like the, he's a regular guy. He just reminded me of a guy I would know. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. People in high school. Yeah, yeah of course. Like, it, mm-hmm. like, especially if you're in the Asian populated area, like I feel like, oh, I know a guy just like him. And I, uh, I'm hoping, yes, but I am hoping the next, because he now knows who he is, that he's going to dominate the scene, even with, even with, with having a partner like Aquafina, who feels every scene she's in, I'm hoping that he's able to like, kind of be able to work on like, now he has newfound confidence. He has his voice and you're yeah. hoping that like he's yeah, going to use it job. and it's stronger. Yeah. Like yeah, now, we'll see. Yeah. Whoever he, other than Aquafina, because we know she's going to be in the next one with him, but whoever he reflects with, I hope he's able to dominate the scene as well because yes, he like, it's hard when you have these amazing scene stealers working with you, you know? And I don't blame him. He, yeah. he did a great job for everything that he's done, he, that he did. It's hard to play that character because he essentially too is kind of like a little bit of a straight man in the situation because he's trying to figure out his place and he's trying to, yeah. So it is a tough act like, to ask somebody to, and, and you know, to kind of play that type of a role, but yeah, he did. I thought he did well. Yeah. That actually gave me some better perspective on, you know, the bits where I thought that he was like more hidden, you know, that does play into his character. So I thank you for bringing that up. I am looking forward to him holding his own against the other Avengers and Avengers five. Yes. And that mid credit scene, like, him being, you know, a heavy hitter next to the likes of Captain Marvel, the likes of Doctor Strange and Bruce Banner, you know, I feel like this is his time to take it to step into the place. And I think he can do it. And yeah, I want to see more of that confidence of him to be like, yeah, this is, I'm bus boy. And I can whip all of your butts in like two seconds, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. Actually, I kind of hope that like is a thing in Avengers 5. If Peter Parker, Tom Holland is in it, he's like, oh, bus boy, I watched that video. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, yeah. He would too. That actually would, I wouldn't be surprised. That would be so fitting. And I think it'd be funny if like he goes, I'm Shang-Chi and people are like, who? Bus boy. Like I just like, oh, got it. The viral video, the viral video. (laughs) It'd be funny. Uh, so th- thinking about the future with Shang-Chi's critical and financial success, it's only a matter of time before they announce a sequel to uh, this movie. What do you hope to see? What storylines do you hope that they explore in uh, future movies? I, well, I'm not familiar with the comic run, comics run, and I think Laura is better kind of knows more about kind of what maybe they're alluding to, especially in that second post-credit scene, right? But I'd really like to see them explore Siling and Shang-Chi's dynamic now that they're kind of both in power positions on, on very different levels. So I'm just interested in kind of knowing what that looks like and what that means. Like, I feel like we're just scratching the surface with them as siblings. Yeah, what, like, they have a lot they have to still get through like they have a lot of baggage and a lot to like you know talk about and stuff like that so I'm very curious about that yeah I mean is Eileen someone who 
can be 100% trusted? I don't know. That was a question that I was asking myself at the end. But anyway. In the comic books, um, Shang-Chi's sister is evil. Like she's a, mm. well, she's, a she's kind of both. Like she goes, she falls into mm-hmm. that, that gray line. Gray area. Um, the gray area where, but her and, and Shang-Chi butt heads, you know, like, and I'm looking forward to that because I feel I, what I really want to explore is where Shang-Chi was during the end game credit scenes. Cause in Shang-Chi was like the, the placement of Shang-Chi was in, in between Infinity War and Endgame. So I would like that to be addressed if there's a sequel and it's within the five years, if there's going to be a sequel, mm-hmm. then it will tell us either he went to the quantum realm or somewhere mm-hmm. else, like he's trained somewhere else. Like, cause I need to know why wasn't he in Endgame? And if I, they tell me- I thought this yes, was post Endgame. No, no, this is this is in, in, in between. This is- Really? This is, yeah, cause I did the math too. And it was- Was it after the blip though? It's after the blip. Cause if you notice Hulk- uh, Bruce Banner was wearing the cast because his mm-hmm. hand was burnt from the wearing, like not wearing the glove. Um, that was I didn't notice that. That's Endgame. But his arm was broken, and then also Captain Marvel's hair was long. Mm-hmm. So her hair is still long, and so it's in between. It's in between Endgame and Infinity War. I Wait, because so, I did the math. I did the math on this. So no, I think no, I think this is like post Endgame, like pre uh no way home because because of that mid-credit scene because it seems like it the movie itself took place like two weeks like the mid-credit scene happened like two weeks it's after end game after oh, yeah. okay yeah it's after because end of game. the hair yeah. long and i was freaked out about bruce banner because he wasn't still the hulk or he wasn't professor hulk anymore yeah, he was like still was bruce um, okay. but I'm like wait how did you why are you back as human right now but then the math doesn't add up when I calculated his age like his age when he was born mm-hmm. and then the age that he is now but anyway but like but anyway yeah if it's after Endgame I'm kind of curious yeah. I am curious his relationship with with his sister and how he's gonna play into the Avengers but mm-hmm. I want what I really want is Shang-Chi to have his own movie again and not have to deal with like kind of like how Peter Parker he is part of the Avengers but he has his own storyline like I want yeah. she to have that and I want it, him to I want him to explore I want I really want to explore him figuring out his power now and 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 finding out the origin of the rings mm-hmm. without the Avengers involved I just want him to to figure it out himself like where he is his place in the world with the with these powers and where it came from so I'm really like I'm really looking forward to that. and also Katie's place because Kate even though Katie is an archer it's you can't just like unless you're Clint Barton who's a skilled uh, archer for like for many years like I don't know where Katie's place is oh definitely not up to his level I mean not, she not, legitimately not took one lesson Avengers <laughs> level and I want to know where her place is as well because right. you know it's difficult to gauge like she did that one shot and she was even shocked that she did it like she mentioned it so I'm really looking yeah. forward to that and I'm and I, I know you mentioned the the Ten Rings organization but I'm really like, like I'm really looking forward to that I'm really looking forward to where their place is as well and how Shang-Chi is going to deal with his sister now kind of taking over the I love it the I I I'm all I, I I know that you know Marvel loves to like 
big action sequences, big kind of crazy moments and stuff. But I love the character stuff. So I just want more about with the siblings. Like, I want more with them because, like, they're so fascinating together. Because it's just, like, there's so much tension building, I feel like, between them and so much unresolved. So it's yeah it'll, I, I'm hoping I'm, I'm hoping that they'll they'll get their own you know sequel again and they'll get to like tap into that more yeah I think that the MCU could do with some like quarreling siblings storyline and something like as deep and layered as that is and there's so much like in the words of Katie like all of them need therapy but they're not going to do it they're probably going to fight but I want to see yeah like how they interact with each other how they view each other because you know Shang-Chi was under the impression that like she was going to dismantle the Ten Rings and she is like taking it up herself I can't wait to dive more into her stuff and like what you said Laura I hope that they get another sequel when he's figuring out more about the rings on his own. And then that could lead into like Avengers five. Like I don't need, I don't need him to be in the next team up movie or have a cameo and then be in Avengers five. Like, I feel like he needs some more room to like grow and flourish as a character before throwing him in to Avengers five. And I think they would be smart to utilize that whether that is, well, no, I just want that to be the movie. The next movie for him is his sequel. The whole 10 rings thing is fascinating to me. And the the big tag at the end is like the 10 rings will, will return. So I'm like, this is great. But also we now have Sharon Carter as power broker in the U S and my initial thought after the movie was, Oh, Xiling and Sharon Carter are best friends. I can't wait for them to create oh mayhem in this That'd world. That'd be amazing. You have the oh two of them. You that have Julia would be cool. And you've got Val, Julia, Louis Dreyfus up in there. Like <laughs> all of these badass women creating mayhem across the world. Yes, please. Like I cannot wait to dive into that. I want to see more women. Yes. I want to see more women take control even if they're the the quote-unquote villains I want mm-hmm. to see more women dominate the scene yeah not, but yeah you just blew my mind with the with the, the I didn't even think about that and now I want it now I want to now see that's them. all I want like the thing is like with the, with the Disney plus show it's hard to ju- like with Loki yes he's an anti-hero you know it's but with with 10 rings it's hard to justify how they could be the anti-hero when they are a criminal organization. It's mm-hmm. canon that they're a criminal organization. And I kind of wish, and I kind of hope she keeps it a criminal organization because I want to see the tension between her and her brother mm-hmm. um, because I want to see how she feels like she deserves to control, to have power of the 10 ring, like the, the organization because of what her father didn't give her because mm. everything has, and I want to see that resentment of like, dad has always chosen you over me and it's the girl it's the chinese it's the boy girl thing yeah it's the boy value boys more than girls yeah Yeah, like it's it's that that dynamic and i want to see that play out and i want to see her want the rings oh yeah this is why i'm like desperate for like i just want to see them go at it because like there is so much like cultural relevance here too with laura like you just touched on like 
the boy girl thing like mm-hmm. in Chinese culture it is a real thing and so like and and the values that people place on a daughter versus a son so if there's just like so much that they didn't even tap into that like I could see like on the surface in this movie that I'm just like oh as like an Asian American person I'm like I really desperately want you to like get into this stuff because this is like actual really like these are actually important things that are rarely talked about or portrayed in mainstream Hollywood media right so especially in regards to kind of Asian culture so like I just like I'm so desperate to see that yeah but and like she is also yeah. a product she is also a product of both worlds her father and yes. Halo so she d- does deserve to have the right to the rings as well so I'm yeah. looking forward to her wanting to get the power of the rings Oh, that'd be so good if I have my right. <laughs> oh, at so Marvel, good. listen to us. We're <laughs> just gold. Tweet. We're, we're campaigning. Let's just do it. <laughs> Hire us as cultural consultants. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you've got great people here. I just invite me to the world premiere of this sequel. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. I want to shift gears a little bit. We are, you know, to kind of like check into where we're at. We are, after a year of having nothing, we are now two movies and three and a half series into a new phase of the MCU. WandaVision is up for a bunch of awards at the Emmys coming up in a couple of weeks. We're five episodes into What If. Eternals is coming out soon. Hawkeye is around the corner. Like, we're still in it this year. And I just want to know, like, what are you, what are your thoughts on phase four so far? Do you like it? What's working? What's not working? Um, what do you think of this mad MCU world that we live in now? I will preface this by saying that I have not finished Loki and I have not watched What If, but I am aware of kind of the spoilers that are out there for What If. I think this is a great start to phase four, honestly. I feel like in my mind, phase four is a bit of a transitional stage for the MCU as they kind of say goodbye to many of the core characters and actors who have been there since the beginning. And as they kind of start to explore the more, like the fringes of of the universe, right? So I think this is a great start. And it's fascinating kind of where phase four sits because you're introducing and really delving into like the multiverse like that's in full bloom so that's like that's been kind of nuts just kind of knowing that that's something that is now existing in this in the MCU and obviously like the next Spider-Man it fully leans into that so I am very curious as to how Shang-Chi the character and this kind of sliver of the universe kind of will play into that overall as phase four kind of progresses but yeah, these are just my general thoughts as a very casual MCU fan. <laughs> well, thinking back and off her, I agree the television series have has opened up a whole new world for phase four. Before we just based everything on movies. And I'm really glad that we get to create multi, like multiple layers to characters that can expand uh, the phase four universe, uh, especially with WandaVision, WandaVision going into the multiverse of madness with with Doctor Strange and how Loki also will span into Loki will also span into that world. And I'm glad that Shang-Chi mentioned 
the multiverse as well, like the, the many dimensions, because that leads up to it. And also Wong being part of Shang-Chi right. opens up another world for the multitude of madness, you know, for how it all can co- come together. I don't like, and now that you mentioned, because I didn't know in the beginning how Falcon and Winter Soldier would be um, tied into it. But now that with Sharon Carter, I'm kind of like, oh my God. I really, I call phase four the next uh, Avengers, the next generation. Mm-hmm. Like that's how I describe yeah. um, phase four because it's the next generation of heroes. Even though we still see Doctor Strange and we still see Bruce Banner, it's introducing us to a whole new generation of the, like oh, Wanda, even though she was an original Avenger, she was in the background before and now she's like- She's now promoted. Yeah, she's like now one of the leaders of like, in that world and she's uh, a nexus being who's yes, going to break a, the multiverse she, or yeah, save it I, i'm looking forward to like i feel like with shang chi it, it, it expands this next generation with and the hawkeye with kate bishop that's going to expand the universe miss marvel that's going to expand the universe you know like you know we uh, uh photon now that we have her like she, uh, like uh she she's expanding that universe so i feel like this phase four is avengers next generation which I'm looking forward to. And I love how it all ties together. Like we have a television series to further expand the character development versus a movie just tells us one point. So I'm looking forward to how it all just weaves in together. And I'm glad Shang-Chi mentioned the multiverse for them. So that way he mm-hmm. can be tied into it as well. Yeah. yeah. I also love that like the rings itself, it is a beacon calling out to something and like we don't know mm-hmm. where in the multiverse right. it's like calling out to and like that he is connected to it in that way. And I'm, yeah, I am also so excited for like where Shang-Chi like fits into the endless possibilities that we have. Like phase four is that transitionary period between like whatever we're going to call this new saga, it's kind of getting us to that place, but it's also like open the doors to so much. And I like that you called, like, this is like the next generation of like Avengers. You know, we have Yelena Belova, we have Billy and Tommy, we have Kate Bishop coming in soon. We have Shang-Chi, we have Katie, we have characters that we have all of these amazing characters who are going to fill out this world even Sam Wilson is now Captain America you know like we have new faces to these characters that are going to enrich and expand the MCU in exciting places like we know we're getting the Fantastic Four at some point like mm-hmm. we're we're going places we're going to see mutants eventually or at least like finally call them mutants you know and like I've just really been enjoying it so far even what if the last two episodes in particular have been very been more on the darker side but it's kind of nice because it's showing me as an audience member like how deep we can go with this you know Marvel isn't afraid yeah. to dig into the deep hard stuff that like do have lasting consequences I mean we we witnessed the snap like it had lasting consequences for considerably five years but that they're not afraid to tell those stories and with like Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness going to be partially like a horror inspired movie like 
that's kind of intriguing to me of like, there will be consequences to all of this. I mean, Spider-Man's about to break the multiverse. Like my biggest question at this point of phase four, because, you know, spoilers, people are just breaking the multiverse. Like who broke it more? Wanda, Sylvie, <laughs> Spider-Man, Doc- and Dr. Strange has that's to somehow fix point. it. He, he should have just listened to Wong. He should have. He should have yeah. listened. Also, he shouldn't have been texting while driving and he wouldn't have to deal with this in the first place. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Uh, I'm just saying no. He just, he just should have just been like, listen to Wong. I think if we just all listen to Wong, everything would be no- great. Um, hello, uh, Tony Stark invited him to his wedding after in Infinity War, after he like cut off one of the children of fan- Thanos who showed up in New York, AKA Wong is the best character. So like, listen to him. Mm-hmm. He knows things. He knows things. Like, just, yeah. <laughs> And thanks to Shang-Chi, we can officially say it. Like, Shang-Chi just saved the fall-winter movie lineup, which is amazing. All credit to them. Like, Venom just moved up a couple weeks because of the success of Shang-Chi. The power, the excellence of this. And because of that, we have two more MCU movies coming out this year. Eternals and Spider-Man No Way Home, which we have both gotten trailers for both of these. So I have to know, of these... Which are you excited to see most? Do you have any theories about either of these movies? Are you just freaking out like I am of like, oh my gosh, I can't believe these movies exist and they're going to happen? Laura, do you want to go first? I am so, like, uh, I'm sorry, Tom Holland. I'm sorry, Spider-Man fans, but I'm looking forward to Eternals because I want more Asian excellence because there's three, not not just Asian excellence, but I love the Eternals. Um, I never read the comics because I don't think anyone has, but I I skimmed it because of the Eternals coming out so I could be prepared for my work. But I am looking forward to how they connect because they were like the watcher. They just watch. And I'm looking forward to seeing how they finally will step up and be part of this. And also, I again, Asian Excellence, seeing the three, Don Lee and Gemma Chan and uh, Kamal Nanjali. I, I'm looking forward to them. And I'm looking forward to how the Eternals, because of them staying, like watching from the sidelines for so long, how they're going to play a big part in this because they honestly, they seriously just stay in the sidelines. So I'm looking forward to how they relate to the Celestials, uh, how the Deviants, because I'm, I, I want to see how the deviants will play a part in phase, phase three, especially with the multiverse happening. I've been coming up with a whole bunch of theories. So I'm really, I'm, I, I'm really excited for the Eternals. I'm looking forward to Spider-Man and the, and the F up ways that Doctor Strange messes up to prepare us for multi, um, multiverse madness. But uh, yeah, for Eternals, I have, a, I have several theories. I haven't fleshed them out yet. So I will be writing about them hopefully um soon i cannot wait to read your theories about eternals i am a spider-man fan i can't wait for spider-man but eternals is my has been my most anticipated marvel movie all year and the fact that we're finally getting this from oscar winning director chloe zhao with this incredible cast with a story that i do not i have zero knowledge or expectation going into this 
but I haven't felt this way about a Marvel movie since Guardians of the Galaxy. And that's kind of like the flavor I have, not in the same like jokey, fun adventure kind of way of Guardians, but the fact that like there is this family, again, phase four is nothing but family. You have this family that has spanned and been in each other's life, in and out of each other's lives for thousands of years. They haven't interfered with anything going on in humanity, even after Thanos, who technically, I think in the comics is considered a deviant. So like, why didn't they step up or do anything? Like, there's so much to explore there. And everything I see about it, like, I I just want to consume all of it. Like, I I went with my friends to see Shang-Chi last Friday, and I had to get them to shut up. I'm like, guys, the Eternals trailer is on. The Eternals trailer is on. I also have a huge crush on Richard Madden, which, you know, definitely ties into that. I am a little worried that he actually might be a villain in this movie based on some stuff. Uh, people speculating. I, I don't want to dive too far into it, but I just, I'm keeping an eye on him. I'm keeping an eye on all of them. Also, Kit Harrington is in it. I'm like, what are you doing, dude? I can't wait to see more. All of everything Eternals, I'm just, the fact that I know so little about it makes me all the more excited. And I think we're going to get something very new and inventive in the MCU. But I'm very excited for Spider-Man No Way Home. Filiana watched me freak out over this trailer. Poor thing. I did. I did. I can confirm this. (laughs) I can confirm the freak out. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> There's a lot of freakouts happening. Doc Ock being back and everything that Tom Holland is doing, like I'm excited for him. And it feels like a very like expansive story, but it does feel very personal to Peter Parker of like, he wants his life to go back to the way it was. And the ramifications of that feels like a very like high schooler thing to do. And I'm glad that that's kind of like the framing element for this like, bigger thing that's going to happen but at the core it's still about peter parker and i care a lot about that i'm done rambling at this point filiana i leave it to you well i'm excited about both movies but if i had to choose one being that i am you know a very casual mcu fan and i don't really read the theories or speculate or even know how to speculate or theorize or anything like that I'd say Spider-Man is the one that I'm really, really excited about. If I had to pick one over the other, just because I've invested so much time with these characters already. And um, and that twist at the end of the last Spider-Man, I mean, like where Peter Parker is out, it, like it's just so genius. And I just can't wait to see like how that plays out. And that's just like screws everything up. And then the multiverse thing and then just time. I don't know. It's just all a big mind insert word here uh yeah so (laughs) like and it's just fun and I just like Spider-Man because it's fun there's an element of fun and and like you said Meredith there's an element of it it, there's a level level of simplicity to the story that I think is very very admirable and sometimes you know simple stories are always the best ones right or or there's nothing wrong with a a simple kind of uh, storyline so and yeah, so Spider-Man, but I'm also very, very, very intrigued by the Eternals. Like, the trailer was amazing, and I know nothing about the Eternals. Absolutely nothing. I know less than you guys. 
<laughs> so, but it looks stunning. And like you both mentioned, amazing cast. I mean, I can't, like, I can't, I'm still stunned that they got like Angelina Jolie, Richard, like, it's just a combination of these people together in one movie is so crazy to me. Just and visually speaking, it just looks like it's going to be beautiful to watch. So that's all I have to say about that. I know absolutely nothing, absolutely nothing about it, but I am also very excited. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's what a time to be a fan, honestly. Like, you know, from going from a drought to just getting nothing but all of this new exciting stuff. It's just a fun time to be a fan and to like look forward to different things. And speaking of which, we do finally have a release date for the Hawkeye Disney Plus series, uh, November 24th, which will come out in between Eternals and Spider-Man No Way Home. According to reports, it's roughly going to be six episodes, which I'm a big fan of like the smaller series, you know, like let's have it six episodes and do it well. What's your excitement level for this? Do you have any expectations? Um, I'm also very excited that Haley Steinfeld is joining the MCU because she is a talent. And I I love that we're getting all the talented young people in the MCU. It's great. Perfect for, she's perfectly cast as Kate Bishop. I mean, right? I think that just in terms of just kind of who you want to play that role, I thought, yeah, I thought that she's great. And um I will admit, Hawkeye is a character that, you know, going back to like kind of the beginning of, of the MCU and all that stuff, well, it, that character was like, was not super high on my list of, of favorites, but after, especially watching kind of Black Widow and that last post-credit scene with Selena and Valentina, Allegra DeFonte, I just have to say her full name. Of course. <laughs> I'm ready for, I'm ready for the show because mainly so I can see Elena come face to face with Clint or that's what I'm assuming is going to happen or maybe not. I don't know. That's what I want to happen. I want certain things to happen. So whatever. I just have a lot of, yeah, I'm, I'm, my excitement level went up a, a notch after Black Widow for Hawkeye. And I'm very excited to see Haley as, as, as Kate Bishop and I think she's going to be great. This is I your 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 listeners can't see this, but I got my Kate Bishop cosplay ready. Yeah, <laughs> um, let's oh go! Gosh, I'm a huge Kate Bishop fan. I was so excited when she was cast because I always imagined Kate Bishop to be of mixed Asian heritage, and the fact that mm-hmm. Haley Steinfeld is of mixed Asian heritage just like blew me away. That they that Marvel got not only got like a talented, beautiful actress who is gonna dominate this role but of someone of that descent too that we all imagined but yeah like I'm so excited for this like I love Kate Bishop as a, a comic book person too like Kate Bishop is just awesome I'm really looking forward to this and I'm I'm looking forward to how you know at first I, I was kind of upset that Clint survived and Natasha passed but the fact that we get to have Kate Bishop kind of be his the next the next step uh, of the next generation um, I'm looking forward to how he's going to pass on the bow and arrow to her. And the six episodes, I feel like, it, I think it's enough because they're, I'm hoping that they'll like, because like six episodes, you can't have fillers. So they have to have everything definite. So I feel like we're going to get a lot of content 
within those six episodes. I know, I know Filiana's doing a baseball, you know, well. Oh, you thought there was filler, but then Falcon and Winter Soldier, you know, let's, yeah. So, I mean, there are cases where, you know, six episodes is, they just didn't, I trust the writing, no, the writers in this yeah. one because they uh, okay. the um, the writers have shown like can't remember the writers because like I just I, I but I remember writing about them and they I have a lot of faith in that because just like in in the Wandavision we got a lot of content within those few episodes so I'm hoping we get the same with Hawkeye um, and I'm really looking forward to Kate Bishop just coming into this this world and this universe. Just as a Kate Bishop fan, I'm just so excited. And how she plays into it, I'm I'm looking forward to how her and Yelena are gonna go uh, be, go 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 off on each other because I feel like Yelena is even though she's gunning for Clint, I feel like mm-hmm. there's gonna be a relationship between her her and um, mm-hmm. Kate. It seems like they're teeing up for obviously a, the yeah. the next Avengers is going to be the next generation. Obviously, yeah. so they're 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 kind of planting the seeds for all of these characters to kind of interact in some way, shape, or form. And the writer I just looked it up for Hawkeye is Jonathan Agluff, who I believe wrote for Mad Men and Hitch. And sorry for your loss, which is the Elizabeth Olsen oh show on Facebook, show. which is amazing about grief. Yep. Um, Kelly Marie Tran. And yeah, Bridgerton. And, and he also wrote for Bridgerton. So Bridgerton. He yeah, has do, some I great credits. Yeah, I think I, I think he, I remember writing he wrote Sorry for Your Loss, which yes. I I think that's why I have a lot of faith in him because Sorry for Your Loss, season one and season two. Very, very good. Caught my heart. So I feel like he's going to capture, he's going to be able to capture that for Hawkeye um, and Kate Bishop, especially. Um, so my excitement level is extremely high enough that I I have a cosplay ready for it. Yeah, and I I like that you mentioned you know like we are probably going to get this like new dynamic between uh, Yelena and Kate, and I like that's kind of a continuation of Natasha and Clint. You know, moving forward, like we still get to keep that in these new characters um and i i'm looking forward to that i'm also looking forward to the introduction of maya lopez as echo or echo's character uh in the hawkeye series uh being one of two now deaf characters that'll be in the mcu including makari in eternals which the diversity across the board in eternals is super exciting but to see that also carry over in the Disney plus series as well is so exciting and I'm excited to see how like echo plays into this of the Disney plus series coming out. Like I would think like, Oh, this is kind of like a lower level show for me. I'm, I'm excited, but like, it's not like my most anticipated, but as more stuff happens, I find myself getting more and more excited. So like with Hawkeye, especially after the end of black widow and that post-credit scene, I'm like, oh, this is a new layer that's going to be mm-hmm. really important in this series that I can't wait for. Plus, we get Kate Bishop and Echo coming in. Like, what's going to happen? It's so, I can't wait. You want to know what I'm most excited for? Is that Echo is the adopted daughter of Kingpin, which is connected to Spider-Man. Oh my gosh. Like, I'm, I'm so looking forward to this. Like, Can we get oh, Vincent D'Onofrio back? Can we that's get what I'm back. saying. Oh my God. Like, but I'm really looking forward because I I want Kingpin to be introduced in the Spider-Verse. 
as like the spider in spider-man so i really want i really i am hoping that's not they will invite him back because he's just amazing as that as as kingpin we i would love for him to come back there are rumors that charlie cox is coming back as a daredevil which i'm like matt murdoch please be his lawyer like come back i can't wait i also hope he shows up in the she hulk series because it's a lawyer show too and i'm like let's have both you want the lawyers to just be all together Heck yes all the lawyers please be with her i mean yeah that too what that would be a great relationship oh my gosh somebody's got to write some fanfic for that soon anyways Uh, (laughs) I'm i'm so excited guys i'm so excited Ladies, this has been so much fun. Um, I love chatting all of the nerd stuff with y'all. And this has just been so freaking delightful. And it's made me even more excited for what's still to come. Where where can the people find you? Well, they can find me on Twitter. I'm at Inside the Tube. I tweet. I've also had a glass of wine. I apologize. <laughs> I tweet about, you know, random things. Some, sometimes I tweet about Marvel. Sometimes I tweet about TV. Sometimes I tweet about just random things. You You're know. going to be tweeting about Great British Bake Off coming up oh, soon. Oh, I will though. be yeah. tweeting about Great British Bake Off or the Great British Baking Show. Whatever you want to call it, it's fine. It goes by both names because that's coming back soon. I know this is about Marvel, but now we're talking about baking. But anyway, um, I'm very excited for that show. So yes, I will be, I just, yeah, follow me at Inside the Tube on Twitter and you can find all my stories at etonline.com. Just search my name. You can find me on Twitter at L-Siri-Cole, L-S-I-R-I-K-U-L. Um, I'm always tweeting about the work I've been doing and all the uh, articles I write for. I write for a variety of different places, including uh, Nerds of Color, uh, IGN, uh, Nerdist, What to Watch, and a few other places. So you can find my work on there. But I always retweet what, uh, tweet or retweet where I write for. And she tweets about BTS. Uh, we both do. We both do. <laughs> so BTS Army, you yeah. have... People. We have Marvel fans and BTS <laughs> army as well. Yeah. So if those worlds can collide, that'd be amazing. Oh. I'm sure it's going to be a matter of time, right? Like I was hoping that they would be on the soundtrack to Shang. Right? Okay. Mm. okay. This <laughs> opportunity next time, next time, know, sequel, next time. sequel, sequel. Yeah, Shang Chi two with BTS. With BTS, <laughs> the worlds collide. Just that's the call. That's just the title. Yeah, that's it. BTS. It would um, make a billion a dollars. It sells a gazillion tickets. It sells so much money. Easy. <laughs> and as always, you can follow me at Meredith Loftus on Twitter and Instagram. And don't forget to follow the podcast on Twitter at Fangirl Forum Pod. Thank you so much for joining. I hope you have a fantastic day.